0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Kyle McLowry, and on today's episode of PFFA Pod, I'll be speaking with Local 43 President Alan Ferschweiler. It's a bit of a longer format than usual, uh, just because we have, or we had, a lot of things to talk about. So let's just get right to it. All right. I'm sitting here with President Alan Ferschweiler. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm pretty excited. Uh, when I first started to, uh, think about doing this podcast. I was planning on having you on first and schedules got kind of crazy and finally finally got you in. So I'm excited for a good, a good uh, conversation. I want to start actually because I realized I hadn't done this with the other guests. So just a quick introduction, uh, maybe a little bit just about how long you've been with the Bureau, how long you've been working at the union, where you're from, just so I think most people know who you are. Um, maybe some of the newer members haven't met you. Most people know who you are. They've worked with you, or seen you around the union hall. Um, but there are definitely some who haven't, so go for it. Where are you from? And that sort of thing.
1: Well, hello everybody. And, uh, thanks for Kyle for getting this on and thanks you for bet. listening. You bet. I think we could probably talk uh, for hours, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to try and do a, a tight 45 minutes <laughs> yeah, with hopefully. everything we have going on and hopefully we can do more of these. Um, uh, like you said, I'm Alan Firschwaller. I grew up in Woodburn, nice. uh, which is just North of Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I went to high school there, went to U of O for a year, and then went back to Chemeketa Community College and uh, started my fire service career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for some smaller departments, and then I got hired after getting my paramedic and my fire uh, degree from Chemeketa um, in Portland in 2001. And um, So you started in 2001? Did, yeah.
0: Going on 19
1: years? Yep, just before
0: 9-11. Right. Man, okay. And how long have you been in some position or another, working for Portland Firefighters Association, local forty three.
1: Yeah, so I just coming on eighteen years uh with the department. I uh, can't believe it, but next year I'll be at station four for ten years already. Nice. Just can't believe how time flies when they say retirement will be around the corner they're they're very accurate i Mm -hmm. can't believe how time is flying Mm -hmm. um i started with the union really early in my career i've been this just finishing up my sixth year as president yeah i was a vice president for five years a district rep for two and then on the budget committee for one so 14 years i've Uh been with the union
0: awesome so you're coming up on your sixth year so you have a re-election coming up at the end of the year yes awesome
1: i'm planning to run again i've uh enjoyed it, and uh, honored to be one of the leaders for the unions, and so I'm going to uh, continue doing it if that's what the members would allow.
0: Yeah. And also, So what we have today, I've got a long list of things, and you probably have a list of things as well. Um, we're going to talk about the membership survey, uh, longevity arbitration, some political stuff, negotiations, a whole bunch of things that are the issues going on today. Um, uh, any particular place you want to start?
1: Um, You know, I did have a request to talk about Station 23 if you want to start there. Let's
0: do it station 23,
1: the MOU, the MOU memorandum. And so, uh, yeah, the question's been coming out. It's what okay. what the union's position on it and what we are going to do with it. And I did, uh, reach out with the chief cause that memorandum of agreement is coming up in November. That'll be done. And I have told him that I will sign it as it is again. Mm-hmm. I know that the chief does have a desire to get that open to a four person company. That is the union's desire as well. So I do know that we're in a tight fiscal position um, and that uh, the chief doesn't have the money to be able to open those. I know he's looking at rescue redeployments and different stuff to open them up. Right. Um, and so it's been a year already. Time flies. And we're absolutely willing to work with the chief and re-sign that and, uh, with the longer vision of getting that opened so up. So
0: that was originally a 12-month mem- um, memo?
1: It was. Okay. And yep. the union's position will always be four-person companies, always, always, always. This is a step to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not ideal, mm-hmm. but we're going to continue walking with the any,
0: chief on this. Any, sorry to interrupt you. Any idea how often it's upstaffed to a full four-person company? God, I don't. I, I, I don't.
1: do do know people have talked. Well, and then, then Truck 22 is staffed up with five people right. at certain times, and they haven't opened it up when we've looked at that, that's where they don't have two extra people, so they right. only have one. Um, I do right. know that we're going to have, I think, 63 travelers in January. Wow, okay. So I think we do expect that to be upstaffed uh, quite often in the wintertime.
0: You know it would be nice to get more on-duty per-day members.
1: Well, that would be wonderful. Just, I think a, that, just uh, a thought. Yeah, uh, one of the things that does dovetail into 23s is that if training does shut down.
0: All oh, right, yep.
1: Truck 2 is not in the budget. Right. That was not in the budget and that essentially is travelers out there. And so you you somewhat have to balance opening up 23s with four people and possibly shutting down truck 2. Right. And that's a difficult conversation. Yes, We've let is. the fire chief know. Um you know, I think that not to throw rocks at the administration, but you know, I think that hiring and the pace of hiring has been done incorrectly. You know, we shouldn't have 63 travelers, and we should always have training open. And if we slowly do stuff instead of having big groups of right. 10 to 12, right. but just steadily do groups of six, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be able to keep that open.
0: No, the other side of it is too that those those members out there at twos are working super hard. They have to not have a group for a while it might be super beneficial for the training program just to have the time to work on whatever it is they need to work on because. Well, that that's been my impression.
1: Yeah, and I think the difficulty thing is then the bureau, and maybe it's the city. I don't know which which entity it is, but then they want to take away the specialty pay, and then they just want to make it a regular company. And right. you know, I've told the chief, I said, now start doing in-service companies again. So bring truck four out there. We'll do some truck training. Right. And just make it an in-service training. Training. Company. Training. You know, keep it up, keep the training going on, and don't let it stop. Brilliant. Yeah,
0: you know. that would be a good call. Okay. Is that cool? We'll move on to the next issue. The one that I was thinking we'd go to next, um, if that's all right, is the longevity arbitration. Yes. Because I know that we have, unless there's an extension, an award coming up not too long. Could you just talk a little bit about some of the dates, the history, what it represents, the sort of 10,000-foot view of that arbitration?
1: This started before we went to arbitration, and we knew this was going to be an issue. We... And I've reported on the at the membership meeting, so I'm going to tell you my position has changed multiple times over the past two years. And so, yes, yes. When yeah. we got ready for arbitration, mm-hmm. we essentially went just for the health care. Correct. Yeah. And when we gave our last best offer, what we did is we modified that within 24 hours. It's a very small provision held within the Pub- Public Employees Collective Bargaining Act that allows us to do it in a 24 hour window. The city. I don't think they realized they could do it. Right. So I had all three of our attorneys at the union hall scheduled yeah. for the next day after the last best offers. Right. And then we took everything that the city did and modified our last best offer to the exact language that the city had offered up. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, essentially it, it put in their language for the longevity. Right. And so our position is quite simple. And and let me tell you a little bit on, on what the difference is, is because the costing analysis when you go to arbitration has to be in there, we had to put in how much the longevity would, would cost. And so right. our uh, exposure to losing the arbitration is that the city's costing document and our costing documents all said July 1st of 2017. 17, right. And that really is, if if we do lose, there's a couple things we can lose on that. That is what I feel is our, our biggest exposure point. And mm-hmm. so... And when I reported into the membership, and this is where my position has changed, um, I came forward and said, hey, if they would offer it July 1st of 2017 and not December 29th, 2017, when mm-hmm. the arbitration award came out, right. I said, I think we would take it. Right. You know, that way you don't have risk of loss or anything mm-hmm. else like that. Um, the most powerful thing that we have going for us is that it's plain language. And so when we did do the tentative agreement, it doesn't have a start date. Right. And when you look at article eight, there's multiple things that have a start date of July 1st, 2013. Right. That's, you know, 3% for inspectors for inspector Two. you -hmm. know, there's just a ton. There's a bunch of them. I remember specific language. And so when you read it on its face the specific language and just the plain language, it appears that it should start on July 1st, 2016, the beginning of the contract, beginning of the contract. And, um, you know although we weren't successful in the arbitration one we did get a ton of wins out of that this one if we get it it's going to be about six hundred and fifty thousand for our members mm-hmm. it's a uh, you know and I think we invested with Barbara or attorney's time I think we're into it maybe twenty thousand right. dollars the return on investment on some of these arbitrations is is huge and right you know if you went to Vegas and you had a chance fifty 50 chance to win six hundred and fifty thousand and you bet twenty thousand. Do it every day. You do it every day.
0: And I think that maybe we should hit some of the more broad points of it in terms of, when you say it's worth $650,000 for members, it's a specific group of our members. I mean, it's a 1% longevity bump for a 10 years. So anybody who at July 1st, 2016 had 10 or more years would benefit from the uh, this award. Is that correct? That's correct. Right.
1: And um, then it has the reverberation effect. So... The pension estimates would go up so the pension board we would uh, right. request that the pension board goes back and says hey this actually did start then mm-hmm. so those are the the benefits not just the money that would come out but right the other portion is that we're asking for a nine percent interest award which right. is allowed by by state statute and so um if you look at 2016 july 1st 2016 And you ask for 9% interest per year. That means every paycheck that you had after July 1st, 2016 until Mm -hmm. December 29th, 2017, Mm -hmm. you're getting 9% interest. Or you're getting 18% interest for those earlier years. So they have to go back and take that first paycheck July 1st, 2016 Mm -hmm. and say, okay, we owed Kyle McClowry $40 in longevity. And because we held it for over two years, he gets eighteen oh, percent on nine, top of that.
0: Nine per year. Nine per year. I didn't realize that. If I was just, just nine. Yeah. So that's got exciting. It. I mean, got it's it.
1: even though we got the nine percent interest when they held our retro check back, mm-hmm. um, this would be a big win, and, right. and it's the right. right thing to do. I think that we deserve that longevity, and um, even though it's it's not that much money, the interest it's mm-hmm. it's it's more about a statement right. to the city that that behavior is not acceptable. Right.
0: And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's potentially the equivalent of about a call shift for those members that um, are over that period, over the uh, 10-year mark. Yeah, that's uh,
1: right. So because we make about $85,000 a year, roughly, you're you're a little bit north of that. Um, Yeah. So just think of one percent of that's about eight hundred and fifty bucks. Got it. And so since they were out eighteen months, we're talking about eighteen months of time, mm-hmm. it's roughly, you know, thirteen hundred bucks for those members.
0: Got it, got it. And I can say, um, having sat through the arbitration, it was just one day. Um it went from my perspective, it went really well. If it felt like we definitely put on a better case. And you know, that's my perspective. It's biased.
1: Better case than the city.
0: Correct. <laughs> um, so hopefully hopefully um we'll do well on that and that is supposed to come in the award the end of this month is that correct It
1: should be by so, yeah so our we had the hearing in July 30 days then we put in our post hearing briefs right. and then the arbitrator has about 30 days to do that and so they always this, take a little bit longer uh-huh. and so you know you it's really difficult i mean it's I don't know how to describe it, but when you put on so much work and you do so much stuff every day that you don't hear back from that arbitration, it's a difficult day. Right. Thank goodness. We're very busy at the union and uh, in our lives. And uh, so you're not just waiting. You're not yeah. just waiting. You know, you, you yeah. just move on to the next thing right. and go from there.
0: Awesome. So we will have a word sometime in the next few weeks and hopefully we can let everybody know yeah. that it was a positive. All right, let's move on. Do you want to pick the next one? Or why don't to pick the next one? Go ahead. Um, all right. Well, how about let's talk about work schedule. Let's
1: talk about work schedule. Yes. It's a, it's a
0: big topic out there. Yes. So, um, at the E board, of course, there's the primary officers and the district reps. District reps do a great job getting out, talking to the companies and been reporting back that the work schedule is definitely, um, a topic. So I'm going to set you up. You want to just talk about it? There's obviously the, there's Two schedules that are being talked about, other than what we're working, will be called a 1323, 24 on, seventy-two off, forty-eight on, seventy-two off, in the forty-eight ninety-six. Um, so this sort of dovetails into the survey, the membership survey. But um, what are your thoughts on the uh, the work schedule?
1: Um, so, yeah, let me start with this and just give you my my uh, opinion. And this is as a union president, so it's not the executive board as it is. You know, I've always been upfront that. The forty-eight ninety-six is problematic in certain ways. Um, I think that, especially at busy companies like Thirty Ones, mm-hmm. working a forty-eight hour shift every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of my job is to think about the health and welfare of the person and the families. Mm-hmm. And I think that the time off is is really great. Yeah. I, you know, I've worked fours for ten years. Mm-hmm. We're a busy company. We're not as busy as Thirty Ones, wow. but I do know what that the fatigue factor of a forty-eight does. Right. Up front, I've also also advocated that I think 27s or some of the slower companies mm-hmm. is a perfect place mm-hmm. to do a 4896. So I really want to emphasize that that 4896, it does have a place, I think, in this department. Mm-hmm. It's at the slower stations. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you look at 27s and you look at the commutes and especially, I mean, you look, even if it's something simple like going to the store to go shopping, yeah. if you only had to go out of their FMA once to do that, the citizens would be better. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's that hard. We have had a lot of resistance from the administration on this. I remember in negotiations when we talked about it and the training chief said, well, I'm not a fan. I don't know how to make it work with the training. And it's like, you know, we've got some really intelligent people out there. You go and I've always joked that, hey, if you have a problem, you just go and you can't solve it. You go put it on the table at a fire station. And by the next morning, yeah, they'll have that problem solved. Yeah. And so to say that we can't have multiple schedules and mm. make it work for training, mm. I just, I just don't buy it. Maybe right. it's, maybe it's more right. complex, but right. you know, some people say, Hey, it's complicated. I don't buy that argument. I think we've got people out there that can work on it. Okay. And ideally I think for the union what would be ideal is if, if we had, you know, X amount of stations were forty eight ninety six. X amount of stations were 24 48s, mm-hmm. and that X amount of stations were uh, the other alternative. Yeah, work the, three, two, the three. one 3 really, Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think that that's the you and, you know, my position on it. And so, but the fact is too, is when I've talked to people about the 48 96, and yeah. it's like, so you know, the fire chief hates it. Right. So you are pushing a ball uphill yeah, all the way. It's a tough
0: one because there's definitely some people that are very um, passionate about it and, and pro they want it for various reasons. And I think there is an argument to be made that it's very successful for mitigating long-term fatigue. It's just that short-term fatigue that potentially an issue. The
1: 4896, there are the members that are uh, pro 4896 are uh-huh. completely passionate about it. Absolutely. Appreciate their passion. They, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, they are, they're very, very positive about it you know, the, part of the job of the union also is to listen to the silent minority as well. Mm. You know, and so when we went out to our stations, you know, visits, and Travis has done a ton over the past couple months. Right. And we'll talk about that some more. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the members came up and said, Hey, so if you do this, you know, I'm going to grieve it. And I said, well, you know, it'd be an MOU. So you really can't grieve. Me. He goes, no, I'm, I'm serious. You know, if you do this, I'm going to grieve it. And
0: Talking specifically about the 48?
1: Specifically about the 4896. And so huh, I had heard that. Yet. You know, so when you do look at, you have a number of people that are extremely passionate and you do have the people on the other end that are absolutely, 100. no way, don't do it. You'd be failing me as a union if you did that. And that's important for the union. Whether you agree with me or not on the 4896 in my yeah. position, it's important to hear all the members and that that's important to do as well.
0: Good. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's the whole point of being the, What's the opposite of vocal, the silent, the silent minority that, that, that uh, viewpoint is often unheard. Yes. As in the silent part. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and
1: that's, that's one of the reasons that you do membership surveys, right? Is because you, when you come to the union meetings, you know, when the turnout's there, usually people come when they have an issue. Yes. You know, there's a ton of people that don't come that don't have that current issue. And when you look at the survey, I think that's one of the things that did turn out is that when we did pull the members, and the twenty four seventy two forty eight seventy two was fifth on a priority list, and the forty eight ninety six was number eight mm-hmm. so there there is that group that said, "Hey, if we are going to do something or doing a trial period, the alternate work schedule the twenty four seventy two forty eight seventy two did pull higher mm-hmm. with our members than mm-hmm. that you know i th- I still think that we should advocate for doing multiple work schedule studies uhhuh um, but I do know that when you look at the membership survey, the three things that came up higher, and let me give you a little bit of background on okay. the survey.
0: All right, we're going to switch gears here.
1: So there's been a lot of discussion out there about, you know, the 24-72, and I did let you know, you know, one turned out fifth and one turned out eighth. And we've had members that are really interested in the survey results. Yes. And so what we're telling people is that, one, why would we hide the survey results? Well, I'm going to give you a very specific uh, example. In March of last year, we had our general membership meeting on Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about retroactive checks. Right. And by the end of that week, when I had our attorney file a motion against him, the city's response was, Alan, in his general membership meeting earlier this week, said A, B, and C. And I was shocked. I really, I read that and I was like, what you have got to be joking me. I've always tried to say what happens in the walls of the union hall stays, stays in the union hall. And we can have really frank conversations. Absolutely. Um, That was really disappointing. And I don't know whether it was intentional. I don't know whether one of our members did it or how it did, but so for the city attorney to accurately put on what we have said at our general membership meeting, um, it was a blow. It was, and it was it's, very disappointing to hear.
0: It's enlightening in a in a bad way. Like, it is. And I, I, I hear you. I think that there's multiple ways it could have happened. I know nobody, nobody wants to think or believe or even insinuate there's a mole of any kind. I I want to believe there was some sort of information that was unintentionally um, brought to the, the third floor, and it got over to the city's attorney's office. I don't know, but. So let's just rewind real quick. Okay. We just we were talking about this work schedule change, and we dove right into the survey, the membership survey, which was one of the big topics. So just to sort of set the stage a little bit, um, there has been a lot of talk, and there's been—and not everybody knows this. So that's why I want to just sort of throw it out there for the people that are listening. There's been um, people, some members, coming and wanting to know the results of the survey. They want to know— what was number one how it was how it was figured out just all, all of all of the raw data and ultimately the answer has been been no well not yet we want this is a firm our, our information for negotiations but we don't want it's like playing a game of poker not that negotiating is a poker game or a game we do not don't want to show our hand to the city so um, with what you were talking about where this information from the meeting got to the city's attorney's office that's what what we are trying to avoid i don't want to say we're afraid of it but it's just not a smart way to enter into negotiations strategically by having that information out so when people have asked the answer has been no and there's been upset about a lack of transparency so um let's talk about the survey a little bit how i mean you have some general general uh ideas or results you can give out. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So let's do that. Let's give the general results. We're not going to too many specifics because again, this is a public forum right now. This is not even in the, in the hall, in the walls of the, the union hall. This is public. So, um, that's sort of me setting the stage now
1: talking about the survey. Yeah. So the survey, and I think it's important to, to find out what our members want. Oh, of course. When we visit the stations, one of the things that have been really, really helpful is that you know, our executive board is very engaged. Our district reps are very engaged. And so when you take a survey and you write down what you think is going to be on there as a union president, we were really accurate on what we thought would happen. So the top three, in no particular order, were a reduction in hours per week, mm-hmm. so work week reduction. That's through Kelly Days? That's through Kelly Days. More? Okay. the Health Trust, again, mm-hmm. and IAP, Opsert Protection Language. Okay, And Good. it didn't surprise us at all. It didn't surprise me. I mean, I those were the top three, again, in no particular order, but that's what our members' top priority were. And so...
0: It's a standard n- list, you know, uh, <laughs> hours, wages, working conditions, right. retirement safety. That's right.
1: You know? And so, and what I've told people is that When we started writing the initial proposal, which I've been working on for for a long time, even actually, you know, when we, uh, the health and welfare article, as soon as that, once the arbitration was done, uh, we gave the information back to our attorney, Hank Kaplan, and said, okay, go ahead and just write it in there. The arbitrator really kind of said, these two things is all you needed. And I said, Hank, okay, add them in, because we're going to go right back again and at least propose it. And we the IEP language we had a pretty good idea that was going to be in there. Mm-hmm. So over the summer, uh, sorry. <clears throat> so over the summer, mm-hmm. we went and we retained another law firm. It's in Hank Kaplan's law firm, but yep. Aruna yep. and we said, "Hey, this is the problem. This is what we need to do, and we need to protect our IEP." So before the survey results were even done, you know two Um, Well, and I would say the work reduction because we'd already done the work. Travis Mm -hmm. had done the work. Mm -hmm. The top three articles were written by the time the survey went out. Mm -hmm. And it reaffirmed that those are the priorities that our members want.
0: Okay. So I think that the important thing here is, you know, there was, I think, what was over 430 people voted in the survey. And um, they took the time to do it and they they want to know what's up. And we want to tell them, you absolutely... Can see all the raw data when we're done negotiating. Absolutely, you know that that is not being hidden. It's just being held close to the vest while we're going through this process. And we're, we've, the process has started um, getting the articles ready uh, for. They're getting you know which ones are getting opened and which ones are getting written and amended. And, uh, addend- uh, excuse me, amended for um, what we're looking for in the next contract. So, hopefully, that addresses some of the the members' issues. um do you think so?
1: yeah, you know i I'm probably not fully, yeah. you know I think yeah. that they're. you know we're in this middle ground of going, I hope you understand the union's position and why we wouldn't want to give out the survey because you're essentially putting all your cards on the table, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give the city that ability to know what our members want
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and then, when you go and say, "Hey, afterwards, though, you get it all. we don't care um." W- once we fish negotiations mm-hmm. yes you can see the survey we're actually saying more than what i think more than my comfort level was i oh. mean even saying the reduced work week health trust mm-hmm. and absort were the top 3 mm-hmm. i think you're you're taking a risk by putting that out there although it's trying to find the middle ground even saying yeah. that the 24724872 was fifth and the 4896 was eighth putting out that type of data right now um we're doing it because our members want to hear some of it. I, I, my preference would be not to. I'm but with you. I in, but, totally agree. But in terms of that transparency, we've we we are going to say it. And then I don't want to get much into the the details. The one thing I did say too, and what I will continue to say is that <clears throat> the survey results that came out will reflect what's in the initial proposal. And so, mm-hmm. if if you look at how people voted, I'd be shocked if what people's number one priority is not in the initial proposal. There was one or two. And so one of the ways to be able to read the results is when you look at the initial proposals, when it comes out in October, you'll be able to see that some of the stuff that, um, that was very, very low on the survey is not going to be included in the initial proposal. So, um, and I'll give you something that's not out there, but if somebody said, Hey, station four should get high rise pay. Hmm. That's Mm -hmm. not going in the initial proposal. Right. And therefore, you know that that wasn't high enough to be put into the initial proposal. So by looking at the initial proposal, you'll be able to see what the priorities of the memberships are.
0: Okay. So I've got a couple more things here on the list. Is there anything more specific or general about negotiations? I think you kind of talked a bunch just now about it. Is there anything else, like maybe timeline or anything particular? Yeah. So,
1: um, we have to open the contract by march 15th and we have to start negotiating because the city chose to try and play games with what our cola is but it's important to get things started right away and so we actually have been writing i've been writing the articles since we for the past eight months since we i can't believe it but we're starting negotiations but for the last eight months i've been rewriting them and getting everything ready so that we can start We've got the opening letter. We just finished that yesterday. Um, the opening letter's ready to go, and so we're we're planning on starting negotiations next month. And so that's six months early. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that we are able to either be in arbitration late next year. Mm-hmm. You know, so not eighteen months out. Right, but right. if we do have to go to arbitration, that we're ready to go in June. Yeah, so that they can't steal our colas. That, that day when they brought our colas around, yeah. it was $2.3 million of our members' money that they tried to steal. They held on to for 18 they, months. 18 months they held on to it. And so it's important to start early, get in early. There's okay. another dynamic in that... And the fire chief does want to get the contract done early. He doesn't want to have his members. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I appreciate that. Me too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The other dynamic is that we have Commissioner Saltzman ready to go. Right. And, leave. right. and now you're sitting here going, Nick Fish has been a friend. The mayor has been a friend. And Dan, uh, Commissioner Saltzman, you know, we did go to arbitration. I didn't appreciate that. But he's been a lot fairer mm-hmm. than I ever would have imagined. And he's Good. been there for six years. And so... When you take those three away and then you put in Chloe, who we don't really have the, uh, we just don't know her as well. Right. And you have Amanda Fritz, and then you have either Loretta or Joanne. Yeah. The council's going to change. Yeah. So if there's a chance to get this contract done before January 1st when, when Commissioner Saltzman leaves, we need to take our best shot to do it. Yeah,
0: awesome. Good call.
1: And if you are looking at, some of the members have asked, hey, 4896, we can go to arbitration about it. Yes, I did check with our attorney. It's a mandatory subject of bargaining, so you could take that to uh, arbitration. But if you're going to go to arbitration and spend the money, you better get a lot for it. Yeah. And so if you look at those top three, reducing the work week, health fund trust, opserp language, mm-hmm. those are reasons to go to arbitration. Mm-hmm. That is a tangible benefit for our members. And people have asked me, hey, are we going to arbitration again? And my answer is pretty simple. If they're going to offer just cost of living adjustments, we're going to arbitration again. Yeah. We are going to force the city. That's one of the th- nice things about binding arbitration. We spent $250,000 in, in our last arbitration. It was yeah. long. It was three weeks. It was 18 days, ton of work. Yeah. But the amount of money that we got out paid for itself very mm-hmm. easily. Even mm-hmm. just that longevity that we got. The cola. No, the longevity. Oh, okay. So the COLAs were yeah. there and, and oh, right. the longevity. Right. The, but if, yeah, you, yep. if you add up that contract, it was worth 8 to $10 million over the life of that three years. Mm-hmm. So investing the money to go to arbitration is an investment. Mm-hmm. And so if they are going to offer just a bare bones cost of living adjustment contract, I just don't see us settling.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. And we'll see uh, when we start what the city's interested in. Yep. So and, we can hold off. Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah,
1: and one of the biggest things that we did as well is that our comp work is being done right now. Big and, deal. And yeah. so that's very big to know where we where we compare to. And so when the thing that's always hurt us, and we have the Oakland discussion all the time, and people go, "You got to use Oakland as a comp. Hmm. It's smaller. They make about nine thousand bucks a month, so they do pretty good. But you do, and I'm not going to put myself in a corner on on radio. The theory is out there that you have to take out your healthcare contributions, yep. which they pay about 800 bucks a month and we yep. pay a hundred yep. and you have to take out how much you put into your retirement. Yep. So the city's position, and again, I'm not going to agree with them uh, on record, but when you take out Oakland and how much they pay in in healthcare and in their pension, yep. which is 13% they pay to their pension or so, yep. they make the same amount as Portland because we don't put money into our pension right. and that does hurt us when you look at the total compensation. So we are putting in above the board raise in there, um, mm-hmm. you know, even if it wasn't in one of those top three and I, you know, I am giving you some of the stuff on the information, but it wasn't in the top three above the board raise, mm-hmm. but we are putting in above the board raise in the contract. And so awesome. that gives us the flexibility. Awesome. If the city says no to one, two, and three, then, then yeah. they can go with option number, whatever. And, yeah. Give and us we'll, more money. And we'll talk. And we'll talk.
0: All right. I'm going to pivot real quick because you've been going on for a while and I don't want to, don't want to keep you for too long. I have a couple more sort of I don't know, legislative, political things to chat with you real quick about. Um, let's go to the Janice decision and the card uh, signing. I know Travis has been done a, doing a ton of work, great work, getting around to all the stations, all the shifts. I don't know how, how far he is along um, bringing the cards around. So there was a little discussion recently about signing the cards. So I'll just um, set it up like that, loft it in the air, and you can take it from there.
1: Yeah. First, let me think, Travis, he's done a remarkable job of going out and um, communicating with their members. I do want to clear up a little bit of miscommunication on there, and that is what happens if you don't sign the card. And and there's different trains of thought. So the international Mm -hmm. is still saying, nope, you don't have to go get new cards. That's not what the... uh, what the Supreme court said, Mm -hmm. our local attorneys are saying, go get the cards. You have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, You know, the city's making ask me and everybody else do them. So proactively, regardless of what the international is saying, Travis has ordered the cards Mm -hmm. before Janice came out. We Mm kind of knew where it was going to go. It was not
0: a surprise. It was
1: not a surprise. We had everything ready to go. Um, so he got the cards, he's doing the station visits. So in the Janice, decision, Mm -hmm. the local attorneys are saying, you have to have a positive affirmation after Janice.
0: The opt-in.
1: Opt-in. And so Travis is going around and saying, you need to opt in to be a member. The question comes, what if I don't sign the card? Right. So there's a very specific path if you don't sign the cards. and. And Travis will tell you, "Hey, let's go talk, you know, off record. Come come in the bay have and
0: talk. Or, yeah. yeah,
1: let's have this conversation. What do you What do you want to know more about the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he will he will spend all day. That's yeah. one of his strengths is he yeah. will spend all give you all the time you need to talk it out. Yeah. Um, and if you want to become a non member then you write me and Travis and say, I don't want to be a member. I want to be a scab, right? So I, would rather, I want the contract for free. Mm -hmm. And at that point, if you refuse to do that as well, then you're going to become not a member of the union. So Mm -hmm. that's the path that happens. So if you don't sign the card, even if you don't tell me and Travis, you want to be out in the not so near future, if you refuse to do it, you're not going to be a union member. And that's unfortunate but it is the path that we and, are going to have to do. And
0: I feel like Travis was said something about okay, you don't want to sign the card and you don't want to you don't want to send a letter saying you don't want to be a member that he'll have to then sort of write up an agreement and send it certified mail so you have a copy and we have a copy at the at the union office. So every everybody who's um I don't know he's a member who who works for Portland Fire um will have some sort of positive or negative record for membership or non-membership. That's correct. So uh, it it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a switch, you know, just flip a switch.
1: No, but there's some time, you know, so there's the, you know, the thought of going, Hey, I didn't sign that card and that was last year and you've been taking my union dues. So I'm going to sue the union for a year of back dues. Right. So there's that liability out there of going, we do, we need to get it done. You know, by the end of the year, everybody (laughs) needs to have their cards. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have been a proud member of this international for 100 years. 100 years. 100 years. 100 years. It's amazing. <laughs> and when you look at the international report, they said of our big locals, the locals that make up the first 100,000 of mm-hmm. their 315,000 firefighters mm-hmm. throughout the Canada and the mm-hmm. United States, 68 non-members out of 100,000. It's amazing. Local 43 has zero. So we are 100%
0: so far opt-in compliant. We are.
1: It's pro yeah, I mean it's awesome. nice when we talk then, to other yeah. city unions and they say, you know, and I'll dovetail a little bit, but they go, Hey, why aren't you getting in on one oh five, the immigration debate? And da, da da And the answer is quite simple. We worry about hours, wages, working conditions, mm-hmm. retirement security. And one of the things is we stay away from those social issues. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't talk about abortion, we don't talk about guns, we don't talk about going to church. We worry about that contract and how much members are make mm-hmm. and, and and those right. conditions. And, and we concentrate on those, and that's that's helped us be successful.
0: Yeah, and you know, and if anybody has questions, feel free to to contact any of us. But also, Travis is going around; he'll talk to every one of you, and like you said, he'll he'll talk to you as long as, as, long as you need, and answer all the questions you have. I think you know he's done, like I said, a great job, and he will continue to. I'm not sure how many stations and, and people he has left, but uh, if you're hearing this and he hasn't got to you, he will. Yeah. All right, okay. So there's that. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, some legislative stuff's happening now in the state.
1: Yeah. Can I give you a target solutions update first? Wait a second. No, it's your program. I'm sorry. Yes. What, what can you tell me about target solutions? (laughs) So target solutions, um, still we hear a lot of, from our members out there and there is a, um, A problem with target solutions. One, there's multiple problems, but one, you're not doing the in-service company training out at station two. We still continually advocate for a, I understand you want us in our FMA, but we still need to go do that in-service training. Yeah. The biggest problem that we've had is mandatory training versus non-mandatory or something that's called required required training. Mm -hmm. And so... What has happened is there really is a very basic list of mandatory training. That's your mass fit, bloodborne pathogens, mm-hmm. hazmat, mm-hmm. your wildland. That really is your mandatory training. Mm-hmm. That is something that you have to do that's OSHA compliant, state of State Oregon. mandated. Yes, yeah. all those state mandated. Yeah. That's what you can get in trouble for. Yeah. So if you don't do that, you know, and your EMS protocols, right? So sure. your paramedics, if you do not recertify, you're not going to be working. So that is what the Bureau has the right to be able to enforce.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The problem is you have everybody going, hey, uh, SCBA refilling. That, right. That's got to be mandatory. And I'm yeah. sitting at station four going, well, why is that mandatory? And so right. you have multiple people trying to make mandatory training, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It can be required, but you can't get in trouble for not doing it. And this it, after incident reviews. Yes. Well, yeah. You know, and one of those after incident reviews, one we listened to the tape like three months, four months before, mm-hmm. and it was good. It was like a mm-hmm. quick drill. You know? And now you come back with a hundred page, a uh, hundred page after action report, and the PIR. Yeah. PIR yeah. And you say, this is mandatory. And we get into these discussions with management and they say, well, these are important things. And well, everything's important, it's just a matter of how important. Mm. And if you're going to have 700 of our members read a hundred page after action report, it's probably worth summarizing it in a 10-minute video mm-hmm. and going, hey, here's the highlights. This yeah. is what you want. Yeah. So that that is the reasonable way to be able to do it. So we have advocated more than once, and we will continue to. If it's not mandatory, you can't get in trouble for it. So stop sending out the nasty grams saying, BCs, go talk to this about feeling right. SCBAs. Right. And so the fire chief is aware of that. And we are having movement, albeit slowly, mm. uh, to try and ensure that all that stuff is just an option. Mm-hmm. You want to watch the SCBA video? It's over here in this tab, right? And I know these members can't see my hands, and I am doing hand <laughs> motions, but it's over here on the right, right over there, yeah. right uh-huh. over there. And so, and that's what we want, right?
0: And you know, that's actually a great
1: tool for that. It
0: is. If you want to check on a, a video on some whatever it may be, there you go. There it is. There it is. Pretty fine. Okay. Yep. All right, so now let's talk about some legislation. Um I'm sure there there's a ton you could talk about, but let's just sort of narrow your focus a little bit. We talked a little bit about the PTSI um legislation that is hopefully coming down the pike um, this next is it this next session? It is. Okay. So PTSI, why don't you go ahead for it?
1: Yeah, and I think that um before I go into the PTSI, I really want to emphasize that over the summer they when we talk about legislation the attack is on us and I don't watch TV at home, but when the fire station has it on and we're at the fire station watching lunch or something, or sorry, watching TV during lunch, the attacks on public employees and Newt Bueller was mm. in full force. Mm. And mm. it was every time I saw it, it just would get my blood boiling. Oh, public employees won't pay their fair share. Public employees have a fat uh, pension. Mm-hmm. And they take one or two doctors up at OHSU that mm-hmm. were hired in 1970 and say, oh, they're getting $48,000 a year. All that stuff's been fixed. $48,000 a month. A month. Yes. So did I say year? You did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So 48000 bucks a month. It is. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a doctor that's up at OHSU for X amount of years. Yeah. So you can't put in more than 243000 of your earnings. So uh, that was corrected. So- they're not gonna have the balloon salaries that they had before. Mm-hmm. So all those doctors only can put in the the maximum that they can put up is up to their two hundred and forty three thousand in earnings. So if they Got make it. a half million, they only get the pension amount Got up it. to two hundred forty three. Got it. Okay. So a lot of these things have been fixed, but Newt Beeler and his campaign, they don't give a shit. They Mm -hmm. want to paint us into this thing. Mm -hmm. And Kate Brown, whether you like her or not, on some of her social issues, Mm -hmm. last year when the legislature was coming after our IEP, it was the governor Mm
2: -hmm. and it was
1: the Speaker of the House Mm -hmm. and the Senate President as well Mm -hmm. that said, this isn't going to happen. And it is integral regardless whether you like politics or not. That's where we need to make the change. I want to put the IEP language in the contract. I think it's prudent to do so. Um, But at the end of the day, we need to be down in Salem fighting for our I'm rights. Glad, I'm and glad you said that. That's and, important. And that's the number one thing of this legislative session. When we meet with, and I just had a <clears throat> Jennifer Williamson came to Station 3, and we mm-hmm. she's the majority leader. Mm-hmm. What's What's going on in the session? Number one thing, protect PERS, protect PERS. That's oh. number two. That's mm-hmm. number three as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And let me just speak to that real quickly because I know that, obviously, you've already mentioned it, that the or protection language is, you know, top three for our membership. Um, it's super important to to be clear to all the Ops are, and even the FPNR members out there that the battleground for this fight is in Salem. It's not in our contract. The first battleground, you know, if if— we have something in our contract. I suspect it's going to be a trigger language if something happens down there. But we can't. We can't be complacent. Let's say we get this, this language. The city says, "Great, let's do it." That doesn't. We're not done. That's just. That's just one little battle, one little fight for this war. The real. The real front line is down in Salem. So when the time comes and we need 150 Portland firefighters to show up in Salem, we need. We need to show up.
1: We do, and with the Janus, unfortunately. The state feds like ASME and SAU, they did take a big hit. And I think ASME, I can't remember what the number was, but I think they lost like a million to two million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So the 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 days of being able to sit on the backs of the teachers, mm-hmm. ASME, SEIU, and have them protect our pension, those days are going away. Yeah. So when we go down to Salem and we say, Hey, let's go down to Salem to protect our pension, that bus needs to be full. And we, uh, you won't have to talk. You'll just have to, you know, be there. Just it's show the presence. up. Presence. Just show and up. And we'll come and we'll grab some pizza and some beer afterwards. And mm-hmm. you know, it's that's all we need. But the presence of the firefighters is so important. And
0: they still talk about they it. Still
1: don't. talk about the day we went down and we had 350 golden black shirts. Mm-hmm. And that was the day that the music died for those trying to change the IEP. Mm-hmm. And so the mm-hmm. IEP is important, um, especially into our contract. The one thing is, is you look at and people said, well, of course it's got to be the priority of the union. And that is true. Absolutely. It is. But when you look at our contract, there's no provisions that protects anybody's pension. So there's nothing to protect the 27 payroll. There's nothing to protect the FDNR one members, FDNR two members, or the PERS, uh, R 3. For there so, to be
0: changes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So really this would be new ground and adding something in our contract to protect a pension. Right. Which we've never had in there. And I'm not saying why they are, that was never in there. Maybe the city never would allow it, but it is new territory and it's, it's the right thing to fight. But yeah, that battle is in Salem and yeah. we need to do everything we can to get this governor reelected. It is a full on war for R I P. So we're going to do a, a day where we go down and um, yeah, I think it's the 27th of October. It's mm-hmm. a Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our barbecue out and we're going to canvass for the governor. I'm hoping mm-hmm. to have 50 local 43 members out there. Where's it going to be? Uh, we don't determine? have the location okay. set yet. It is going to be in the Portland area. Okay. Most of those are off 32nd and Powell at the AFL. Right. I am going to ask it to be at our union hall because then when we have the barbecue trailer and stuff, it's ready to go. Our right. parking lot's a little bit small. Um, mm,
0: we'll work on it. And we can work it out. out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the PTSI
1: real quick? Sure. Yeah. And so uh, PTSI, that's post-traumatic stress injury. And so, Yesterday, Jason Lehman and I were at an FPDNR meeting and you, we get to talk to the board once a year. It's the state of FPDNR. And one of my uh, prepared comments was to talk about stress. And in the city of Portland, the the ability to get a stress claim is almost impossible. And they put the, that's how high the bar is for stress. So when you have Northwest 23rd gas explosion and you have members that need to take care of themselves. When you have the Roseburg shooting, mm-hmm. when you have any of those events. Big events, yeah. You know, we haven't taken care of our our members mentally, mm-hmm. you know, on those events. And so the state firefighters council is moving forward with a presumptive illness for PTSI and saying if you have PTSI post traumatic stress injury, injury yes. that it is occupational. Mm-hmm. And so then the employer has to fight back and say Prove that it's not right, and so that's our biggest offensive one uh, that's going to be happening in this legislative session.
0: Awesome. Hopefully, it won't take as long as some other presumptive legislation that we had to get through. You know, the cancer, cancer bills. Yes, that was a
1: long battle. Right. Okay.
0: So that's cool. All good stuff. Well, you can keep us informed um, as that information comes out. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Awesome.
0: I only have one last. Oh, yeah, one last uh, item that I have anyways to uh, ask you about. Um just an update, I guess. I don't think maybe a lot of people know this yet, so can you just uh do you have a new position at the state, Oregon State Firefighters Council? Um just so people know, can you just uh, tell everybody what what your new position is and because there's been a, there's been a lot of a fair amount of, of this was a very stable organization for for many years. And now there's a couple of new faces and you're one of them. So what's your position and what's going on?
1: Yeah. So uh, every month when you pay your union dues, a lot of your union dues gets funneled out. So international, we pay about $13 a month. So when you see your dues, it comes in and it goes out AFL money, state firefighter councils as well. And so we are part of the 3,300-member 3, organization known as the Oregon State Firefighters Council.
0: 3,300, you think? 3,300.
1: Okay. Yep. So that includes Roseburg, Pendleton, Portland, Twalton Valley, all the paid professional firefighters mm-hmm. are members of the—there's uh, 45 locals in the state. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that make that up. So since 1998, we've been blessed to have Bob Livingston Mm -hmm. as our legislative director. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did move into the president's role for just a two-year term Mm -hmm. as he was transitioning out. Jeff Hamilton was the secretary treasurer. Again, he was a Mm 20-year member. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we had uh, Kelly Bach, and he Mm -hmm. was a 12-year, I think 10 or 12-year state president. And so since I had been part of the union really 14 years, part of the PFFA Local 43, The state's been very stable, Mm and they have done some amazing gains. They've got safety and staffing. Mm -hmm. They've protected our pensions. Mm -hmm. They have uh, the cancer bill, one of the biggest biggest ones that they did. And so now what we've seen is those members are ready to transition out. They're retiring. They're getting ready to retire. Jeff retired. Um, Bob got remarried, so he's (laughs) got family stuff that he's got going on. And so Carl Kennig is the president of clackmouth firefighters he stepped up to be the uh, pr- state president uh-huh. rocky haynes is secretary treasurer of the state he's also twalton valley's president mm-hmm. um, at that point there was an opportunity for local 43 to become a part of the state again mm-hmm. so we have our own district vice president i held that position for four years right 4k did it before and uh-huh. ken burns and so the president always has a, a place on that board right it was time for Local 43 to be again one of the leaders in the state. Right. So we've had one term union presidents since Tom Chamberlain. So we had, you know, you can name them Ken Burns, 4K, mm-hmm. uh, Fenders. Right. So we have had one term presidents, and the state has really taken care of us. They've yeah. allowed us to just kind of do our thing. Yeah. Now that we have, and I'm in my second, third, I'm running for my third term as yeah. union president, we have more stability on the board. Isaac's been here for number of years. Layman's been here for 11 or 12 years as well. Um, When we see what's going on at the state, there's a lot that touches Local 43. Right. I mean, when you look at the IEP, our members are getting larger and larger becoming Mm -hmm. IEP members, Mm -hmm. our PERS members. PTSI, Mm -hmm. that's something that we need to fight and our Mm -hmm. members are affected by. Mm -hmm. We need to do some tweaks to the heart and lung presumption Mm -hmm. for Portland firefighters. Indeed. We need to change stuff for the cancer presumption. Now that we see that, that uh, bladder cancer and some of the others, it's a, it's a nine year old law and it's time to do it. And I was honored to be able to be uh, chosen to be the legislative director for the state firefighters. We did hire a lobbyist. uh, His name's Jack Dempsey. Mm -hmm. And so essentially the salary of that legislative director Um, got taken and disseminated between a couple different people. Uh, I still get a little bit. I get about 500 bucks a month to be the legislative director. Mm -hmm. Um, That was down from 3,000 bucks a month. But then that pays for a lobbyist and it also helps get release time and stuff for our executive board members. So Isaac took my place as the first district vice president.
0: Mm -hmm. And how long is that term?
1: Two years. Two years. Okay. But it can be, you know, it's at the... Well, of the board. So if the board right. said, hey, you're not doing a good job, then that could go away. Got and, it, got you, it. You know, it's it, having the lobbyist and having Carl Kennig be retired uh, as the state president. He's going to retire in December uh-huh. really is what allows it to be there. And right. so I have a great working relationship with Carl yep. and with uh, Rocky. Yep. And I think it's a little bit problematic that you have me, Rocky, and Carl, the metro yeah. departments running the yeah. state. At Roseburg, and, you know, they give a little bit of pause. But at the end of the day, they said, you're the three people we want to have do this. And honored to be able to step in, even if it's a much smaller role than what it it was before. It
0: had uh, previously been all Salem guys, right?
1: Is that correct? So uh, Bob worked for Salem. Yeah. Jeff Hamilton worked for Gresham. It was Gresham. And then Kelly Bach was Twelton Valley. Oh, did not. But but, um, uh, the previous president was a Salem person, Pat West as well. So it'd been a number of years that, uh, and I think Tom Chamberlain in the 90s may have held the president position for two years, but okay. Portland had not held one of those for 20 some years.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for that. So that's my list. You got anything you want to add before we wrap it up here?
1: You know, I just think that, uh, you know, as we say before, is it's always an honor to be able to be elected, I think that we are in a new time. I can tell you, uh, at the FPNR meeting, it was really nice to have our fire chief stick up for our members.
0: That's awesome. And,
1: uh, if you haven't watched that, it's, uh, just go to the city website mm-hmm. and, and watch the FPNR meeting. Don't, you know, and you can listen to what was said, um, and our grievances are slowing down, you know? So, in my first 36 months as president, I mm-hmm. felt 36 grievances. Mm-hmm. I think we have close to 60 since I've been mm-hmm. union president. Mm-hmm. We've Crazy. been to arbitration. I think that mm. almost 10 times we've been to arbitration, but we're trying to move out of the past. Yeah. You know, we still have a, a big unfair labor practice that's in the court of appeals from about four or five years ago yeah. that we're working on. But yeah. the it's amazing to watch this transition. I never knew what the president's job obviously was until I took it and right. the learning curve surprisingly, because I'd act for Jim 4 go, Hey, I'm going for a week. Can right. Yeah, full-time? sure. Right. No problem. Yeah. You know, I thought, Hey, being the president is going to be A, B, C and D. Well, it's actually X, Y and blah, blah, blah. It's a right. lot different than I ever would have thought. And now that that learning curve is, is, has happened, mm-hmm. now we have a stable executive board mm-hmm. and Jason and Travis and, mm-hmm. and yourself and Isaac and Terry, we really have a strong team. Yeah, and yeah. It is nice to be able to go and say we're going to stop needing to file agreements every day, mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to work on other stuff. Yeah. When somebody yeah. asks me and says, "Hey, what's your vision for the union, and mm-hmm. why are you running again?" Mm-hmm. and the biggest thing is that this union's going to change, right? And in the next ten years, if we are not a fire district. If we don't have our health fund trust, if we're not working less than 50 hours a week, Mm -hmm. if we don't have IAP language, Mm -hmm. if we don't have a credit union at our union hall, Mm -hmm. I'd be shocked because the next 10 years for this union is going to be one of the brightest that it's ever seen. And it is, it's amazing. We went and saw Denver when we went Mm -hmm. out to the fallen firefighters memorial, Mm -hmm. um, their union hall is amazing. $1.8 million. It's got half of it is in a credit union. Wow. And their members get to borrow. They do a lot of home loans. 3.4% is what they pay right now. Because mm. firefighters don't default. They go, yeah, you're perfect. Yeah. And so they have a credit union. And, and when you look at the 10-year goals of what this union has, it's going to be amazing. When I retire in eight or nine years, mm-hmm. this is going to be a much better place than we found it. No That's disrespect a- for those that have held no, that no, position. no, 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 no. But they
0: always moving forward,
1: always moving forward, and it's pretty amazing what the future looks like.
0: Those are some pretty um, great sounding goals. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Very exciting. Okay, thanks for that.
1: Thanks for having me in, and I appreciate it. I know this is probably longer than our members wanted, but
0: so be it. You know, they want information, come here and get it. Yep, thanks, Thanks Alan. You bet.